How are Christian ministries to circumvent tech censorship? For the answer, stay tuned. Blessings to Israel presents Discerning the Times, a program committed to encouraging you to view current events through the lens of the Bible. Now, in honor of the one and only true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, please join us for today's program. Welcome to the program. My name is Brian Thomas, and as always, it is a joy and honor and a privilege to join you each week, and I want to thank you for tuning in. Well, today I'm excited as we have a guest that is on joining us by phone to discuss the topic of tech censorship. There is a lot of things that are going on right now in the world that makes us scratch our heads. And one thing that we see in the area of technology, there's just a lot of upheaval in what is taking place. And, and some people are just wondering what truly is going on. So I'm being joined today by Nathan Jones who has served as internet evangelist at Lamb and Lion Ministries since 2007. He co-hosts the ministry's weekly television program, Christ in Prophecy, and he also co-hosts the weekly podcast, The Truth Will Set You Free. And he's someone that I consider to be a trailblazer in the area of internet evangelism. So I look to him as a friend and as a mentor. So Nathan, I want to welcome you and thank you for tuning in with us today. Well, Brian, the honor is mine. I, I, you share my passion for internet evangelism. I, I think you and I have been on the radio enough times over the maybe a decade or so talking about this subject. So, brother, you're, you're just as much as a, a trailblazer, as you said, as I am. <laughs> well, thank you so much. So it is definitely an honor to have you. It's always a blessing whenever we get the opportunity to speak with you. So, so we are definitely excited to have you on uh, during this time today. So, Nathan, where I want to begin, we we again, we know there's so much right now going on with with technology and you again, since 2007 with Lamb and Lion, you have done a lot with evangelizing through the Internet. So I want you to, to share with our listeners what it is that you do as far as Internet evangelism and then the whole myth out there by some. We know some of the older generation, they think technology is evil. So can you speak to that for us? <laughs> well, yes. Any sometimes anything that's new that comes out is considered evil. But uh, you got to remember that a sword can be used for killing people, but it can also be used for defending people. A gun, same thing. Uh, it can be used for self-defense, or it could be used for murder. I mean, it really depends on the one who's wielding it. So, is technology inherently evil? Well, not at all. Technology is merely what we use to fix problems and make stuff. And so that's not bad, right, Brian? I mean, mm -hmm. fixing problems. And making stuff. And we use technology to do that. It's our ideas and concepts, uh, our creativity that the Lord has given us to come up with solutions to problems. And so we do that through tools, and that's technology. Now, can it be used for evil? Well, uh, obviously, there's many ways that uh, you can use it for evil. I mean, after all, the, the same type of technology that connects us to people all around the world also connects us to uh, trolls and, and identity thieves. Uh, the same type of news that, that we get and teaches us uh, or tells us what's going on in the world and, and gives us weather can also make us depressed and uh, down because of the constant feed of information. Uh, we know that the new generation has, has grown up 24-7 on technology, and it's causing great depression issues. So, yeah, uh, does it, uh, can it be used for evil? Absolutely. But in and of itself, technology is an evil. Yeah, and it's funny, Nathan, as you were talking, I, I was thinking back to, 
there are actually reports of when a telephone, a landline telephone, when that first came out, that there were people that thought that was evil. Um, I've it, seen that. Seen yes, that. I know. They were so worried about what it would do to the public if they got on. A, I saw a video recently uh, from 1956. It was like, what would be the future of technology? And they had actually figured out that one day we'd have the Internet and how it would connect people but that it would cause a global pandemic. And I'm like, what? <laughs> they figured it out pretty, pretty closely. But yeah, uh, yeah it, it, it's funny how sometimes the ideas of science fiction become science fact years later. Mm-hmm. And I have a, I have a great um, aunt of mine. And I was speaking some years ago when I was talking about, we were building a new house, my wife and I, and I was saying how I wanted to get this bonus room, this man cave, and I wanted to put a pool table in it. And she frowned at me. And and, and I said, what, what, what did I say? Well, come to find out later, you know, she views a pool table as being evil simply because, well, you know, the setting oftentimes is in a, a pool hall where there's gambling and drinking and all that kind of stuff going on. But, you know, a pool table in and of itself is not bad. It's not evil, but it can be associated sometimes with not the best atmosphere in the world. So same thing, like you say, with technology. I mean, there's a lot of great things on the Internet and online that you can use technology for. But then, of course, we know the devil uses it for for evil purposes as well. So so thank you for um, for sharing that, Nathan. Also, when we look at today, so when we compare today where we are, 2021, and we were talking before we we got on, we were talking offline about all the different things that are that are at our disposal as far as avenues for for ministry and the different outlets that we have. So compare what we have today to what we have, let's say, from the first century church when those evangelists were going out. Okay. Well, let me uh, tell you a story about uh, Billy Graham. The very last uh, crusade that he did, it was streamed around the world. And more people, he said, came to know the Lord than all the crusades combined before him. This is the technology. This is the communication that the Lord has given us in this final days and last days of grand. First century, of course, you had word of mouth. Uh, the Romans had the good roads, so that was a wonderful time to get the evangelists going around, like Paul, around the Roman Empire. Uh, you met in synagogues. You read scrolls for those who could read. Uh, I don't know if they did billboards back then, but uh, some uh, historians have found that there was advertising back then, just like today. And that was uh, pretty much it. But, you know, now with the printed press, I, I think that Gutenberg's press was probably the technological advancement that made Christianity really take off in the 1600s. And, and that the, as the Bible could be printed and mass produced, it, it spread far and wide. Uh, it was a great time for the church. It was growing in leaps and bounds. We get up to uh, a, a radio and then eventually television. And uh, those were the big things for the last few decades. But then the Internet. You know, pretty much caught on more in the 90s and the Internet. Then you could talk to people all over the world. Now, my wife and I, we were uh, I was working at a a mission board and we were going to be sent out as uh, ministers or or missionaries to street children in Brazil. And this is about the mid 90s. And all the Internet was kind of really get more popular amongst general people. And uh, so the the cabinet director at times said, well, I think you should get some real world experience first. Well, I had a Bible degree, and you can't get a real-world job. So I went back into tech school and learned the technology. And I realized that, uh, you know, I didn't, as much as I have a, a heart for street children, I could reach millions, if not billions. There's 4.5 billion people connected online right now. There's 7.7 billion people in the world. So 
more than half of the world you can connect to online. And language barriers are going down as, as translation software gets better. And you can reach people on the internet through chat rooms and now social media, uh, through podcasting, radio, streaming, television, short form video, especially YouTube and TikTok. I mean, there are just so many ways to connect to people nowadays. It's, it's just mind boggling, Brian, as you know. And so I think that the Lord is giving us this tremendous communication tool be able to reach as many people as we can as quickly as we can before his return. Yeah. And you mentioned Billy Graham and I think about him and how many people he, he reached through television. And even today though, we still hear some people, they will use that term televangelists or these television preachers as if it's a bad thing. And I guess that's because (laughs) there are some, there have been some crooked ones we know from, from history that were on television in it to make money and fame. But, but barring that, there is a great way that is a great means in which you can reach a lot of people uh, through television. And so we're seeing that now through the Internet. And it's just so many things that I, I do believe, as you said, God has given us all of these avenues to share the gospel as we're getting closer to that time. And so with that said, are there any specific passages of the Bible that, that you will say really address the technology that we see in our day today? Oh, absolutely. Matter of fact, I'm so passionate about this. I've created a, an entire hour-long computer animated teaching on this subject about the nine different signs of technology found in the Bible. You can find that on Amazon Prime called The End Time Sign of Technology or go to our website at ChristinProphecy.org. One of our prophetic perspectives is about end times technology. And uh, the no- number one Bible verse uh, that I think that talks about technology in the end times or foretold it uh, is the sign of knowledge. You go all the way 2,500 years ago, the prophet Daniel, he was given a vision of the future, and he didn't quite understand what the angel said, and he asked the angel to interpret it. And then Daniel 12:4, the angel said, But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. So he was saying, Daniel, you just, in this time and age, you just can't understand it. But in the end times, uh, people will begin to understand Bible prophecy. They'll understand these prophecies. And the two things that represent that time period is one, knowledge shall increase. And brother, we have seen, especially with computer technology, knowledge vastly increase in our day and travel. That's the number two sign, transportation. And we've gone from, uh, you can just get on YouTube and, and look at look up uh, 1906 San Francisco, and they've got the, the buggies and the, the first cars, and, you know, people didn't travel outside of their few blocks they lived in or their farms and community. Now people jump on planes and shoot all over the world. And so it fulfills that prophecy exactly. Knowledge will increase, and we're seeing an exponential increase in that, as well as transportation. Yeah, that's that is. Um, yeah, I think I think those scriptures really point to the time that we are living in. I mean, it's, it's just awesome to see the scripture really unfolding before our eyes. But but Nathan, do you think we have this great tool with the Internet? And like you said, it's, it's where we can reach people all around the world. I mean, literally, we when we when we are done with this show, we can upload it to a server and someone on the other side of the world in China can watch it or listen to it within seconds. So. With that said, though, do you think there are people out there who behind the scenes, we don't know who all these people are, but are there people who are dictating what is allowed to really show on the Internet, whether we can really find it or not? <laughs> well, I think you just have to look at the uh, uh, I think the Senate is having is pulling TikTok, YouTube and uh, one other social media before them and, and talking about uh, their influence on youth and children. 
Uh, yes, absolutely. I, I mean, we just saw in the last election year how Parler got kicked out. It was kind of a concerted effort. You had to have Amazon shut down their servers. You had to get iTunes and Google to shut down offering their app. Uh, I mean, they were they were censored and barred. It was a, a complete connection of all these different, which we see as separate companies working together to remove a competitor under the auspices of, oh, you know, they're, they're troublesome. They're, they're involved in, in you know, insurrection or something, you know, any kind of reason for it. And uh, so we know that these big tech companies are censoring us. Uh, it's just so obvious right now, especially with conservative content. It's funny. Every time I read an article that says, well, we're really concerned from the left. They're concerned that social media isn't censoring people enough. And when you're on the right, then we're concerned that uh, they're censoring us too much. But always the articles will end with, well, that's just a conspiracy theory. Social media isn't censoring anybody. You're like, what? Look at the fact checkers. Man, I have our Christ and Prophecy group. Uh, It's got about 17,000 people that are joined it. And I, as an administrator of it, when you see articles come through, that Facebook is flagged uh, with their fact checkers who uh, are owned by the Clinton. Uh, the Clintons is one of the three big fact checkers. So mm, that's not biased. Uh, <laughs> you know, you see again and again that, that they're, they're blocking things or, or, or limiting things. They're kicking off. I, I think the, the lead Republican uh, congressman just got kicked off of Twitter. Uh, you just can't say anything without the, this new generation of people. And I've watched videos of Prager. You just released a video recently where they interviewed the comedian JC Sears and two high level or former high level people in Facebook and Twitter. And they're saying, yeah, about 10 years ago, this, this new generation Z started coming into the workforce and they started being very socially active, bullying the leadership of these companies to conform to their messages. Well, if you don't like my LGBT, then you take speech and I'm suing your company. And these big companies are backing down and backing down, and they're willing to censor conservatives and Christians, especially. Mm-hmm. We've seen in China. China's bullying people. They just made iTunes take down any Bible or Quran apps in China. And so, wow. yes, <laughs> tech censorship is, is there. I, I think it's obvious. Everybody knows it's there. Some people like it because it's helping their causes. But those who are being censored, obviously, we don't like it. Yeah, yeah, it is definitely there. It's like you said, it's very obvious. And uh, we should be concerned about where it's taking us. So we're going to take a short break. But on the other side of the announcement, we're going to come back and I'm going to play a soundbite in which that very topic is being addressed concerning tech censorship. And then we're going to talk about how we as ministries, how we can address it. So don't go away. We're coming right back on the other side. Stay tuned. You are tuned into Discerning the Times. If you believe in what we stand for, would you consider partnering with us? Our partners program is based on Genesis 12.3. I will bless those who bless you. For a recurring donation of $12.03 per month, you can help us share the message of Discerning the Times as we await our Lord's return to Israel. For more information, please visit our website, BlessingsToIsrael.com, or write to us at Blessings to Israel, PO Box 266. Nightdale, North Carolina, 27545. Now, let's return to the conclusion of today's program. 
Welcome back to the program. I am so delighted to have you join us today, and I'm delighted to have our special guest, Nathan Jones, as he is here to talk with us on tech censorship. And so before the break, we were talking about the fact that, yes, there is censorship that is taking place. And so I want to play for you now a clip from Rudy Giuliani. This was from earlier this year, speaking on what was going on with the last presidential election. But it is still still applies today to what we are seeing. So let's take a listen to what he had to say in clip one. I would love to release all the information that I have. I would love to give it to you all, except most of you wouldn't cover it. A few of you would. And then we'd have half the American people probably informed. The censorship that is going on in this country right now by big tech and by big media is almost as dangerous as the election fraud that we're revealing. Maybe just as dangerous. We're headed to a very bad place. And it is not inappropriate that a Venezuelan company counted our votes. Thank you. All right. So, so Nathan, so that was again earlier this year, Rudy Giuliani, he was speaking of what we saw taking place with the presidential election and that investigation and how it was being censored as to what was being allowed to, to uh, be read and, and seen on the internet. So that has died down a bit, but what we found is that with COVID-19, there's a lot of things that, well, the ones out there who want a certain narrative to go forward, they push that side of things, but for those who go against that narrative, they suppress it. They don't want to see it. So uh, we're still seeing it happen now. Absolutely. I mean, we had third party fact checkers fact checking actual Wuhan lab virologists as false. I mean, actual virologists who were there, they're being checked as false. There's this, there's this continuing uh, narrative on our Facebook, for instance, contacted uh, the government at the time and said, uh, what can I do? Uh, Zuckerberg is, is on record saying, hey, what can we do to help uh, promote vaccinations? And whether you think that's good or bad, but, you know, why is a, a, a social media platform promoting it? And then, well, if they don't support it, then they sequester it and they, they push it down. And I think that's where we get to not outright censorship. Uh, you know, obviously, like kicking Donald Trump off, that, that was censored. You, you let the Mullahs in Iran have Twitter accounts, but you can't let the president of the United States. I mean, that's, that's the crazy stuff. But I think it's more what's called shadow banning. It's this idea that uh, what you do is you let the content stay up and visible to you as the owner of the content, but you don't proliferate it. You don't promote it. Uh, you, you hide it from other people so that the owner of the content really doesn't know. And uh, that's, I, I think, especially I've seen that when I keep track of our stats on all the various social media and stuff like that. Uh, for instance, a few years back, we had what was called organic search engine indexing. You could position your papers, uh, position your web pages to be found organically in Google search and indexing and show up on the first page. Well, then they said, well, we changed the algorithm. And immediately, all our first page became like 15th page, something mm -hmm. that nobody goes to. And they said, well, we want to do this to promote more relevant topics. Well, what were the first few pages? It became cults cults on the topic they're talking in discussion and so it's not a matter of they get rid of you they just bury you mm. and we've seen that uh, or vimeo for instance we were recently uh, asked by vimeo they said okay uh, your content is in the top one percent of all our traffic and i'm looking at the stats i'm like that's not true we will charge you 20 times more than you're paying now to stay on with us otherwise you have a week to get off wow and i was like that, that was their way of saying, they're not saying, hey, we don't want your content. We're just going to make it so difficult for you 
that you don't want to be on our platform anymore. And we had to move 600 videos off there. Now we're using our Lamb Lion app as our video content for our website. But that's how they do it. It's it's financial. And as you see all these big tech companies working together, I've heard ministries that have been kicked off of PayPal because PayPal doesn't agree with their ideology. Uh, You know, these Christians are out there spreading the virus and getting people sick and they're meeting in churches. You know, we got to cancel them or shut them down or arrest. And it starts like that, brother. It starts uh, just with with subtle shadow banning. Uh, And as they get away with that, and we've seen through history, especially in Nazi Germany, it will get more and more overt until the people actually demand more type of censorship. And that's what we're seeing the left right now with, with social media. They don't think it's banning conservative and Christian content enough. And you know where that's all leading. Mm, yeah, yeah, we know where that's leading. And and I'm glad you mentioned with, with Germany. I've been watching a lot of these documentaries lately about Nazi Germany and how things happened when Hitler rose to power. And I think about Goebbels. You know, that was the, the propaganda yeah. right-hand man, the propaganda czar. And we see that kind of thing taking place right now in our society. Uh, you know, his his job was to push a certain narrative, even when they knew that it was not true. They still pushed it and deceived people into believing uh, falsehoods. And I, I think about I listened to a radio program, Stand Up for the Truth, with David Fiorazzo. And I've heard him mentioned several times. He has over 24,000 followers on his Facebook page, but yet he can post a show or an article or something. And he says maybe four or five people will like it. And so you're mm-hmm. thinking, OK, 20 out of 24,000 people, only four or five people like it. But it's obvious that shadow banning is taking place where they are suppressing it, where he where, where the followers are, are not able to actually see the information. Yeah, I mean, unless you get a notification, mm-hmm. I have to, most my own personal Facebook page. I've all but given up posting anything to it unless it's funny. If you put like a family picture on, you'll get dozens and dozens of people. But if you, hey, this is our podcast and we're talking about the end times, almost nothing. Yeah. I mean, it's like they don't even see, except for a few people that, you know, like that topic. And uh, Netflix came out with a great documentary that explained how big tech is using us. They're selling not advertisement to us, but they're selling our attention to advertisers. Mm. And so we're basically in the matrix and, and we're the power cells running the matrix uh, you know, that, that's kind of the backwards way that big tech looks at us is that our attention is for sale to these, these big users. And, and so we're, we've become a commodity. And if, if it doesn't sell, then they hide us. And so, yeah, and, it, and it's getting worse. I mean, when you see countries like Australia send out police to tackle old men and enforce masks on them or arrest pastors in the middle of highways in Canada, Western civilization uh, resort to Nazi tactics. Even a lot of states in America seem to have been continuing to ban and shadow things that the left doesn't agree with. So uh, I I think we're living in a very, very dangerous time, very similar to the rise of of Nazism, or if you look at when the communists take over Russia or China. And what happens when when one party takes over? It murders everybody in the other party. And there's millions and millions of people killed, both in the Soviet Union and China, as soon as they disagreed with, with people's other point of view. Uh, it's dangerous times, brother. Very dangerous. Yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's the thought police that is going on. So, yeah, like you said, if your if your thoughts, if your your position is not in line with their position, then, yeah, they, they just took your life. And so how how far, Nathan, is this going to go, though? You know, um, you, you mentioned as far as how things happen in, in Germany and Russia, how far things went. Will there come a time in which you think that 
if we as Christians want to use the Internet for evangelism, that our information will not be allowed at all. Do you think that could ever actually happen? Well, it depends on where you live in the world, because if you live in China, it's happening right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like I said, uh, uh, Xi Jinping has basically declared himself the head of the party for life. He's having pictures of himself put up into the state-run churches to be worshipped. He's severely persecuting the home churches. And uh, just recently, they they forced iTunes to stop having Bible and Quran apps. So countries like China, with their social credit system, which judges a person based on how loyalty they are to the government, as different cameras around the, uh, the country watch them and give them social credit scores. And you get freedoms, the more you're loyal to the government and restrictions, the less loyal you appear to the government. Brother, doesn't that sound exactly like the mark of the beast system? Mm-hmm. And this system is being adopted in countries all over the world. And even Western countries are starting to say, hey, that's not such a bad idea. I'm not into uh, this show very much. It's called The Orville. It's a sci-fi show. It's not Christian. But they had an episode where they went to a planet that the whole society was based on social media. And how people judged you on social media uh, determined your your standing, your social standing in that community. Well, we're living in such a time period. And who would have a low social standing in a leftist-run community? It would be uh, Christians and conservatives. So where it's going... Uh, I think all right now we're seeing uh, the freedoms being eroded away very quickly. Uh, I believe that the ministry we do now will have more of an impact after the rapture of the church than before. But once our, our material that we leave behind leads many people to Christ, there will be a very quick suppression of it, uh, outright deletion of, of accounts. And it's so easy to do to delete an account. Um, I'm having trouble with Adobe right now, just getting our... Adobe stock working because some button somewhere isn't pushed and they can't figure out which button. I mean, it's, it's so easy to cut someone off of their accounts. Right. And when you talk about the mark of the beast uh, system, which won't be instituted to the middle of the tribulation, it's not now, but once it is, it cuts people off from their commerce. Well, as we go cashless, we're seeing that in this day and age. So all the technology for this globalist one world system is coming. It's just a matter of waiting. Yeah. And I imagine that when the Antichrist comes to power, that one of his top priorities will be to scrub as much Christian information as possible from the Internet, from the airways, wherever, you know, try to get rid of that stuff. So I agree with that. So, Nathan, what can we do for ministries now who are utilizing, want to use technology to reach the world? Uh, YouTube, Facebook, places in which are they're being suppressed, Twitter, all of those different avenues. What advice do you have for ministries that are really taking a hit as far as well they're they're going through the effort to publish this information but hardly anybody is seeing it or hearing it grandma's old advice don't put all your eggs in one basket mm-hmm. don't be uh i have a, a friend who's been on our television show and his entire ministry is on youtube his entire livelihood is out of youtube i'm like are you crazy oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know all you you banned you're out that's, that's gone you don't want to put all your ministry avenues uh, in one place. You want to put, like, the, for instance, uh, this podcast, you're, you're going to put it on multiple different places and radio stations and, and social media. And where it might be banned some areas, it might not have a problem in other areas. And you might be reaching different people because everybody tends to be uh, like to stay on their own little social media or their own way of consuming media. But you got to you got to spread it out there like seeds all over the place. And while some birds might swoop down and eat some seeds somewhere, others will grow. So 
try to get it into as many different medias out there as possible, and you have a good chance of circumventing that. A uh, good way of getting around uh, Google is to appeal to their greed. Uh, get your Google AdWord campaign so you have paid ads, which put you back on page one again, and that's what our ministries had to do. But Google can give you a grant if you apply to it, and, and you'll get first page. So, so there's financial ways around it as well. But again, don't put all your eggs in one basket media-wise. Very, very great advice. Well, Nathan, it is so great, again, to always have you. It is such a blessing. How can our listeners find out more about you, get in contact with you, and follow all the great things you are doing over at Lamb & Lion? Well, check us out, Lamb & Lion Ministries. Uh, you can check us out on our website at ChristInProphecy.org. We have a wealth of information about the soon return of Jesus Christ to help you get excited about his soon return. Well, again, thank you, Nathan, for joining us. It is, again, a blessing, and we pray that God will continue to bless you as you continue to carry forward the great message of the soon return of our great Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And to our listeners, please come back and join us next week. It, again, is a privilege to be with you. Continue to look to our Lord and look to the Bible as we discern the times that we are living in. Until then, many blessings to all. Thank you for tuning in to Discerning the Times. Please come back and join us next week as we continue to encourage you to view current events through the lens of the Bible. Until next time, remember to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, bless God's great nation of Israel, and seek first the kingdom of God.